Welcome to Cast of Creators. We're your hosts. I'm Nelson Thal. And I'm Casey Stewart. We've spent our careers in media and publishing, and now we're setting the stage for creative people who inspire us to share their stories. Cast of Creators is presented by our new social browser called Hover. Hover makes my browsing fun. You can follow people and your favorite sites to discover and discuss the web all in one place. Download Hover, that's HBR, for iOS or Android. Our guest today is Lara Thomas, a facilitator for conversations around intimacy, connections, and sex. She helps people build stronger connections. This episode is co-hosted by Toronto Star columnist and freelance writer, Jen Kirsch. Jen has been writing about relationships for the past decade. Let's dive right in. So, Lara. Yes? uh, I saw this word when I was reading about you, and I hadn't really read this word before. Okay. It's facilitator. Yes. Okay. So I know mediator. Yes. I know arbitrator. Okay. Okay. But what's a facilitator? Those are the only two words you know? <laughs> well, <laughs> no, but in this context. Yeah. She know. Yeah. Give um, us the lowdown. Yeah. So I love the word facilitator for me because um, that's what I want to do. I want to encourage people to have conversations. So conversations with themselves, conversations with their partners, their friends, their family members about intimacy, about connections, about sex, about their needs, their wants. And um, I want to facilitate people to do that for themselves. So Very nice. I, I like it. I think it's a great word. Yeah, it is a great word because sometimes you need someone to uh, drag out that conversation from people. Sometimes people are pretty closed off to their own thoughts. Just and encourage people to have the conversations. And right? when, Absolutely. like, what are some of the, when someone or a couple or an individual comes to you and says, my relationship is struggling in this, this, this way, mm. what are some of the most common things that people come to you with? Yeah. I think it's the loss. I think it's the loss of something. So it's either that they've lost themselves or they've lost the connection with their partners or they've, um, buried themselves in work, kids, uh, family members, certainly as people get older, you know, they're not not necessarily taking care of their kids, but they're starting to take care of their aging parents. So there's like a loss. There's a disconnect somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's a connection that you know is there, but it's not there anymore. Or right was now. there. Or was there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they've just sort of given up. Life creeps in and, and takes charge. Yeah. Comes How to, to play a little game of lost and found, find that spice. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's, but it's so sad because I would think from my experience that when someone is finally ready to come to you and share, they're at the point where they are helpless and they feel perhaps mm-hmm. at a point of no return. And that's such a scary thing. Um, is there sort of, you know, a first step, like get them out of here so they know that they're okay? Or do you feel like them reaching out to you is the beginning? Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Somebody who's able to take the time to say like, okay, I need to make change here and I'm going to move forward and do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, But I think even just during that time that we're together, sort of finding um, why did they come to me? What did it look like before um, they were in this position? So that would be the first thing I would do with somebody is like, okay, like what happened at the beginning? Like, how did you meet this person? Or if it's somebody, for instance, who isn't in a relationship, but is looking to be in a relationship, it's like, okay, well, what, what were you doing in the past relationship? And how did that work? And what did that look like? And kind of 
letting them um, draw a picture um, of sort of or like a photo album of their history in relationships. Well, you must be like all of your network of girlfriends, best friend, because I can imagine people must be calling you to talk to you. Yeah. And get you. You must have a million questions you can ask people because you're largely asking questions. I love it so much. Like yeah, it, the, the problem is trying to like, I got to keep my mouth shut sometimes. You know, yes, like when people say I things, bet. you're like, mm. <laughs> it depends right. on the friendship, right? Like sometimes you're like, I'm just going to say it out loud. And sometimes you like hold it in real tight and like wait for you know, to go home and say like to my husband, like, what the hell was she talking about? <laughs> yeah, but I do. I, I love that. That's kind of where I, it started for me is just feeling so natural and comfortable having the kind of conversations with my friends that they are not comfortable having mm -hmm. with themselves, their partners, their other friends. It's like, I, I just feel comfortable. I'm not embarrassed by, you know, any kind of topic. I think I'm it's often important. that person that my friends come to me and I tell them straight or I give them honest advice. Mm -hmm. Jen and I have been friends for a long time and we'll say, you know, not wow. afraid to speak the truth sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. I think what's interesting, um, I did an interview earlier today with Candace Bushnell, who, of course, created Sex in the City. Wow. And I was speaking to her. And one question that really hit home for me is how many lives she's affected, not only letting women see that they, they, it's okay to be alone, to go through struggle, to get through things and come out the other end of it. But how many people like yourself, like I, who she almost like set the foreground for what it's like to talk openly about sex, about relationships, about dating, about having more than three sexual partners and stuff like that. So I'm curious with you and like this idea of sex in the city, has that been and the kind of like the legacy of that? How has that opened up your job for you and how people show up for you? The truth is amongst girlfriends, I think people are all like, oh, I'm Charlotte or oh, I'm <laughs> Samantha. You know, we I'm all like kind of like identify with yeah. one more than the other. I mean, sure. I'm, I'm like so would say I would be Carrie just because like the hair and the, Jen's also the Carrie. Kind of, like, situation. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I love Nell's her. wife is for sure a Charlotte. She's yeah. just perfect in every way. <laughs> She'd be she the closest to Charlotte. Yeah, probably. Sure. Like, like we all know. If Charlotte were more artistic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's one of those things for sure, but that people do like they name, you know, who they are. Having said that, I actually don't think the topic of sex is comfortable. I don't think it's changed. I don't think we've evolved. I think that even when this, um, you know, I was starting doing this and even when I started putting myself out there and, and people are like, oh, is she a sex coach? Is, mm -hmm. is she Oh, sex, 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 sex. Like that's all anyone could hear. Like, yeah, I'm talking about self-awareness. I'm talking about self-connection. I'm talking about a million things. And the only thing anybody can hear me say is the word sex. Right. Like, I think people uh, are uncomfortable. They're really yeah. uncomfortable mm, about sure. that. Yeah. But it's interesting because, um, you know, especially in a marriage, good sex is built on a foundation of all the other things going well. Yes and no. So let's so walk me through the yes and walk me through the no. I definitely think that in a balanced, ideal relationship, that answer to that is yes, 100 percent that there is sex is, is great and connection, communication is great. And that's like the ideal of where you're hoping to be in a relationship. Right. Obviously, not at all times. But, you know, the majority. Mm -hmm. But there's the, all of those relationships that started where they um, sex was incredible and there was a fire and there was a spark and there was something like really 
drawing these two people together. And maybe some of the other things that they should have been aware of or connected on were kind of lost. Right. Right. They, but does that go the distance, that type of thing? Not unless you're going to work really Yeah, does that flame hard. burn out? I mean, I think it can for some people. Yeah, I mean, I think for some people it can, and other people it'll last, but there's so much more to life. Like after you start to throw in kids or throw in aging parents or throw in jobs, money, I mean, there's like, I mean, the weather, the traffic, like anything that you want to add to it. (laughs) A lot gets thrown in. A lot gets thrown in. Right? I mean, you, there's all of those things that happen. So, and then there's the other side of it, which I think um, might be a little bit easier for people who um, had a a decent sex life, but had like this really um, beautiful connection in another way, right? There was a lot of communication. They really liked each other, friendships, extracurricular activities, like all that kind of stuff. And then you can kind of, um, I think, spice that up and play with that. Like that, those are my favorites because it's like, okay, you guys are like already in good shape. Oh, we're going to have some fun. Yeah. Saturday mm. is going to be good for you. <laughs> right? Like that, those are like my favorite. And what does that look like? That looks like taking it outside Give of your some Sunday fun. plan. <laughs> you know, like there's like... <laughs> Free session, Dave. I have a feeling you don't need any of my... I, I think you're doing just great. Well, I don't know. I wouldn't call you a psychic then. <laughs> no. Okay, I'm blushing now. This is going to be blushing the whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think those are the moments where you Wonder go... Wonder why. A little bit of that helps. Yeah. Um, those are the moments where you say, you know, we're a couple that is really busy and we have a plan. Sunday nights are our plan. We have sex on Sunday nights and this is really amazing. It's like, Okay, why don't you throw in Tuesday nights just randomly? Why don't you go out for dinner and when you come back from the restaurant bathroom, just put your underwear in his jacket pocket? Why don't you like? There's all these little things, and some of them are like, Casey's awesome. like I have to wear yeah, underwear. Like, that's that's yeah. amazing, right? Wear like, underwear yeah. to dinner. <laughs> hey, you uh, know, you've got some you great just, notes. You just put it in your bag because not everyone's gonna go and like take it. You know. <laughs> You know, in no, the no, no. But somebody's like, "What's she doing?" Right? No, no, no. But I mean, that is like a yeah. That's a that's a good one. Yeah, it's a little. It's just a little. It's nothing. Like it's not. A, it's just a small little thing. And you know, or even like putting taking off your shoe, or like putting your foot between their legs, like under the table, or like there's so many. Well, that's actually one of my favorite stories. I my friend will go um, nameless, but I was like, <laughs> we were clearly a little, you know, had some drinks, and I said to her put your butt between us. And she's like, I'm not doing that. I'm like, yes, you are. She's there a little straight. I'm like, you're going to do it right now. Anyway, so she does. She does and and it's all good. And she goes to remove his foot and he grabs her ankle and puts it back. Oh, right. I was like high-fiving in the bathroom. I was like, see, I told you. Like, you know, people are like maybe uncomfortable because it's not what they would normally do. It's And they don't know, is their partner going to receive that? And then in the end, their partner was like, hell yeah, that was good. You know, it's just, it's a bonus. Mm-hmm. Just a little, little something. It's a little bonus. Yeah. I do bonuses all the time. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Trying to figure out what's the next bonus yeah. all the time. I feel like you might have just had a baby, so she would have probably gotten a little present. You're good for a year, right? I think. Or she gets presents most days. Like, yeah. yeah. You are her present, right? Yeah, exactly. Isn't that it's a good line? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's that's part of it. Um, for sure, small little things that you can do that, and they don't always have to be sexual. So, you know, I think for people who are trying to reestablish a sexual connection or even a connection at all can mm-hmm. be 
little um, moments of intimacy and sweet nothings or mm. I mean I talked about it on on Instagram today just validation yeah you know just taking the time to validate your partner about um, anything yeah like yesterday I sometimes get good food meals and like <laughs> when uh, when John walked home, got in the door it went to a meal no because of but the food is sometimes the way to someone's heart but when he Such got home I was like I had dinner already and I was like welcome home honey which is like you know, throwing it back to like more olden times. But it was like, Not he thought necessary. that was really sweet. He thought that was really cute. And it was yeah. like, just, it wasn't a sexual thing, but he was I like surprised. Do. And like, then I made a dessert and I'm like, I don't always do that. And it was just kind of like, I know you had a hard day. Like, here's a nice meal. Very and like, nice. it's nice. It yeah. is nice. That feels so good. Right. Yeah. And food is a form of intimacy because I think ultimately when it comes to intimacy, not just sexual intimacy, but in different ways, we want to feel loved and seen and mm-hmm. cared for. And Sean does work hard. And what a treat it is to come home and not expect that and maybe be stressed. Like, I'm, oh, there's so much going on. What are we going to order? It's going to take time and it's available. And I think that's really sweet. And I do think that food, for better or for worse, can be a love language because it's showing a sense of caring. You talk about um, people taking care now as we're getting older of parents who are aging mm-hmm. or people that are unwell. You know, we have COVID and stuff like that. And food is such a huge part of it. You think of grief and loss. Um, in the Jewish community, we have shiva houses when someone passes away. You're mm-hmm. bringing food over, making sure they're cared for. So I think, Casey, for you, that's also like such a beautiful thing you could do. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, you have yeah. my address if you want to <laughs> send meals over yeah. anytime, girl. Exactly. <laughs> Me too. It is actually, you said love language, and it is actually one of the love mm-hmm. languages, right? Like, so acts of service is one of the okay. love languages. So mm-hmm. for certain people, everyone, you know, has different ways of expressing and and wanting, you know, mm-hmm. from their love language. So for you to do an act of service and you've done something like this, for her, it, it is showing you him that, like, I care for you in mm. this moment. Right? And now you have to rub my feet. And now. <laughs> oh, a, a tit for a tit for dadder. A tit yeah. for dadder. Yeah. <laughs> and then where does that and then where does that go? Falling right? asleep on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> but like there's that connecting moment. It's really nice. Yeah. 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 Well, it sounds like an act of service doesn't fail too often. No. Like it's a pretty safe bet in active service. No, I mean it can be from here to there, right? Yeah. There's all sorts of <laughs> all ways. kinds of different acts of Lots service. Of ways to take that. I would yeah. say though, with acts of service, you know, <laughs> I appreciate what you're saying, but I also feel that the trouble comes in when it is tit for tat or you're doing yes, something. We for tiptoed a- in a tit t- we tiptoed <laughs> in a tit for tat pretty yeah, quick over there. Yeah, yeah totally I noticed that. Case. <laughs> Damn. Oh, yeah. And then I'll get my feet rubbed. But the problem is when you're doing it for an ulterior motive, not saying in your case you no, know, but I'm yeah. just making light, but You know, when you do, that's when you start to have those tensions in the relationship. That's when you're not expressing your wants and then you're separating from yourself, which leads people coming to you to need this facilitation. Yeah. I think when we do tit for tat in a relationship, I know in my history, when I do something, I I do it genuinely. But then over time, if you're not receiving anything and then not using your voice to express what you want in return or what you just want in general... That's what I think separates people from themselves because they're not using their voice. And I feel like a big thing that I'm seeing all over TikTok these days. Yes, I'm on TikTok. I don't post. I just watch. I'm loving it. So many people and predominantly younger women, you know, just sharing that they're so feeling so alone in their relationships. And I think that's the lack of intimacy and the lack of sharing Mm. and speaking up. And then you're going against yourself and you're not listening to your gut. You don't want to rock the boat and there's eggshells. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think I was thinking about this on the way down here for uh, there's kind of two ways that you get into a relationship. There's somebody who is really comfortable with themselves mm-hmm. and secure and comfortable. And then they get into this relationship. And then there's somebody who gets into a relationship, maybe not necessarily feeling that way. But it's such a beautiful, healthy relationship with such a great partner that they then become so secure and comfortable within themselves. Right. So um, then you can have this sort of open door for communication with yourself and with other people. So to be able to recognize what you need and what you want um, is number one on my list. Like Mm -hmm. I would say before you worry about your your connection with a partner. You have to like be able to look yourself in the mirror and say, like, I really need this and I want this. We all have our basic needs. You know, what are my basic needs that are being met and which ones aren't? And then how do I vocalize that to the people in my life? Mm-hmm. You know, that I, I know what that is. And then how do I share that? And so if you're really comfortable with yourself going into it, it's easy. And if you're not, it's something you start to learn how to do. Right. So I know for me, it was the opposite. Of, you know, it was that. I was, you know, comfortable on the outside, but not so secure on the inside. And then I met this incredible human who I just realized, oh, I can just be so authentically me here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do that. And, you know, it's been 23 years and I and that's why I feel like I can say and do whatever I want in this relationship, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, aside from being you know, hurtful, which I try not to do because he allows me to be so comfortable. So I think people are always searching for that, you know, looking for that, whether it's them you know, being comfortable in yourself. And then how do you find that? You know, it's just asking a lot of questions, asking a lot of questions. Yeah, for sure. And uh, on the guy's side, too, if his mission isn't to make you comfortable, he's focused on the wrong mission. Yeah, <laughs> okay? oh, absolutely. Yeah. He's got to focus on making you comfortable. I, lo- um, I love I love that. And I think for people listening, that is such an important and key mm-hmm. reminder. And that's where you like, Open your notes app and write that down as a reminder to yourself because I feel like if you see I'm getting a little emotional, I feel sad for like maybe some of my younger self or situations that I've been in where I am like this is what I do for a living. I am I know what I want and I'm looking for and I'm so at the beginning like I'm so clear of what my expectations are and I'm like if you want this to work, these are the little things like if I get riled up or I'm feeling anxious, this is like the thing you can do and it's something so simple. But I think when other people are riled up, they don't want to give in necessarily. And I wish I knew at those times, that's not a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. It's not about if they want to give in. In a healthy relationship, you are doing what helps your partner feel safe in that moment. So if it's rubbing my back because my love language is physical touch, that gets me off the ladder, so to say. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It really winds me down. If someone doesn't want to rub my back because they're worked up or they think they're right, I just feel bad for my younger self that thought that that was okay. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, these conversations are so important and listening to people have these conversations mm. is so important. It is a healthy reminder. And I want to give a, a quick little anecdote that came to me and it's about Casey and Sean. We were all at a friend's giving um, recently at a friend's house and it was, you know, it was like kind of a long evening friend's giving. There's some, there's some wine and stuff and it was warm in there and Casey went to sit on the couch and innately, Sean got up from the table where we're in a group chat, sat on the couch, still had the chat and put her feet on his lap and started rubbing them. I never commented about this to Casey or Sean, but I noticed as a relationship expert, as someone who's been in relationships, some not the most healthy, that little thing. And 
I look back to some relationships where maybe a partner would say something like, well, we're at a party. The point of being out is to socialize with other people. Why would I be sitting there rubbing your feet? Or like, I'm not there to babysit you. I wish I knew at the time that that is a toxic relationship. And so this is a reminder, I think, for people that whether you've been with someone 23 years, um, for Casey, 10 years, like I noticed that. And that's what keeps these relationships going. And if you have those doubts to have the ability to at least recognize it in yourself, because once you notice it, that's when you could create change. That's when you could come to someone like you or reach out to someone like me and do the work to be the best version of yourself because we're constantly growing and maybe realizing that even though you express something at the beginning of a relationship, we grow and we change and egos are one hell of a thing that Mm -hmm. get in the way. Sneaks in. Yeah, because what you want at the beginning of the relationship or what you think you need, you know, as you get into it and also age, it changes, right? Like a 25-year-old doesn't know what a 45-year-old knows and wants in a relationship, mm-hmm. right? It's it's not necessarily the same. And if you're with the same partner and you're growing, it's like, okay, our, our needs are different, right? Like you don't care necessarily in the first year of a relationship. Like, does this person fit in with my family? Like, that's the last thing you're thinking about. In some in some cases, I mean, for me, no, like that was pretty like you better fit yeah. in with my family. I was like right on that. Yeah, me but too. Some people, you, yeah, you meet you had Talia meet you met Talia's parents like in a week or something. Y- yes. Well, I watched my mom sort of, you know, have a uniquely challenging relationship with her in-laws. So when it came time for me to meet my future in-laws, I uh, I jumped in pretty quick and I wanted to meet them pretty, pretty early. And I was only, I had only known Talia maybe two weeks after our first kiss. I was like, I'd I'd like to meet your parents. Right. And um, she's from North Bay. So we went up to North Bay and I sort of, I like meeting the parents. Look, if you're, if you're, I mean, if you're confident and you feel like um, the dot, you know, the the girl's lucky to be with you, you should have the wind at your back meeting the parents. Yeah. Okay. So I, um, I was very excited to meet her parents. And, um, you know, her mother was raving about um, her brisket for for a while, for like the prior couple of weeks, you know, come up to North Bay, I'll make a brisket. So I flipped that on her. I said, you know, if the brisket's tough, it's not looking good for for our future. <laughs> so so we, we, being playful with Yeah, being like playful with her. The pressure yeah, off totally of taking yeah. the pressure off. But um, yeah, I went up and, and met her parents and her parents was wonderful. Her parents were wonderful. So that was great. Um, but it's not something that I would want to put off for four to six months. Yeah. And a lot of people, I see them get into relationships. They wait and they wait mm-hmm. and they wait to try and see if, you know, they just wait. I like to bump things up and push things up and jump into things and uh, and flush it out yeah. early. Yeah, I, I personally. think it depends on the people. Right. And And what, you know, what do you circle yourself with? That's your important mm-hmm. right some for some people it's their dog for some people it's their friends for some people you know like there's certain i think depending on the person what do you sort of really covet in your life that you want somebody else to fit into so well, you for, know it's been 10 years and sean's mom has never met my mom interesting yeah our parents like uh, my mom met sean's dad at the cottage one Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my mom's been on cruises with her parents early. I'm the opposite of you. Cruises, like stranded. Yeah, cruises. Yeah, Yeah, stranded on a boat in the middle of an ocean. That's my My parents' worst nightmare. I'm not going to lie. They do not want to be on a boat with my in-laws. No, definitely not. Not that they don't get along, but I, I, we are not that 
mm-hmm. couple either. Like when we have our kids' birthdays and and stuff yeah, like that, it. then they get together. But that's it. <laughs> but yeah. I don't think that's I don't think that's weird. No, I mean also I don't have a big family. My family's from you're New Zealand. You're not having you're not having kids though. No. So, so. It's, it's tweaks it a bit. And even if you like do you have birthday parties like where you would invite your family and no. his family? No. There's no, no. there has only my no, friends. Right. Yeah. But also Casey is that like back to it all comes back to sexless city. Casey's that sort of that Casey's has her solid group of friends and that is her family. Like yeah. her mom's usually on the boat. Her dad doesn't live in the city. And so we are her family. Yeah. And that's and we'll always surround her on her, ber- her birthday, whether it's a Zoom or something else. So I don't think it's that unusual. Yeah, I don't either. And I only have my family's from New Zealand. So there's my mom, my dad and my sister and everyone else lives in New Zealand. So I've only had two family Christmases with like my whole family in my entire life. So Some not- people would say you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had, I've never had girl. Girl. I haven't yeah, grown up with that type of, you know, like really big family environment. So yeah, but yeah, you know, I don't different. think that's weird. I think, but there you go. It's the perfect like, example of you know where some people are on this end some see people are on Nelson the end, and I are a lot like that actually <laughs> yes our, we're a lot we're like that in our relationship in our relationship the, style yes but I think though if your mission is to have a child and you're creating a family unit a big reason why you're propelled to include like I'm I, I'm somebody who's inclusive I I find if you're overly inclusive People don't really get involved. <laughs> Seriously. I I go out of so my way to include. I like it. <laughs> I, I go out of my way to include. I'm shocked at how little people get involved. Um, you know, like even with our wedding, um, like and, and Talia maybe is sometimes not the complete opposite, but maybe closer to the not exclusive, but not necessarily overtly consciously including, including, including. But when it came to our to our wedding, like just the seating chart. First thing I did was I went to my parents and my in-laws and I said, so excited to see who you'd like to invite, like recommend as many people as you'd like, like, you know, any ideas you have, love your ideas, you know, and, and in reality, absolutely, I would love everybody's ideas because at the end of the day, I mean, the way those ideas turn into reality is all through a funnel that goes to Talia and I. Mm-hmm. So what's the difference? Like, in, right. include. Not a lot of people got involved with very much of anything, you know, and same with like this moving with the house included everybody, you know, want your ideas, want everything like like these are the rooms is what I want to do. You know, no one's really gotten too involved. So I feel I think like you might just be lucky. Yeah, no, I don't know. I'm it's like, possibly. Think you maybe, Jen. You guys are I a very hashtag out. blessed couple. Like you just work well together. You get each other. Yeah. You get each other's families. But the, the, it goes back to you guys meeting at the like the family at the beginning, you had nothing to hide. There wasn't like a, that we know of. There's no like creepy, dark, crazy yeah. things or whatever. You are who you are and you're so authentically you. And Tal is so authentically herself that that makes it easy. And again, it's trusting those instincts. Yes, but it's the confidence in the fact that if it's not authentic, it's not going to be what you want anyway. Yeah. So like it's all like these if games you have confidence and, yeah. in the fact that if you have confidence in the fact that if it's inauthentic, it's not really going to get you what you want. Yeah. If you have confidence in that. Then it's like pretty easy to be authentic because if you're not, you're just screwing yourself. Totally. So not a lot of people understand that, though. No, I, don't think I know. There's a lot of people. I, I actually would say that the majority of the world is not authentic. And mm-hmm. I think that's actually pretty sad. But I think that. They, I don't think people know, A, how to be. Uh, I don't think people are comfortable enough with themselves to, to do that. 
And especially now with all of the um, everybody watching, you know, it's like, mm. who do you want? Who are you perceiving yourself to be? Who do you want to be? Who's looking at you? You know, it's all like all these families who and these happy people on Instagram. It's like they're liars. Like they <laughs> yeah. are not happy. Yeah, not, they don't look like this. This is a their house is not really that clean. No, like That's none funny. of this, you know. So you're saying that obviously because, you know, the kind of behind the scenes stuff. I'm sort of surprised. I mean, I know and I know Instagram is not reality. I know. I know. But. I'm sort of surprised to hear that because I feel like we're in such a day where we're all trying to like put ourselves out there. So when you say people aren't as authentic as we think with themselves and people, can you like share more of what you're hearing and seeing? I think that people are reaching for that. They're looking for that, right? I think that they are meditating, drinking celery juice, um, doing doggy yoga. I think people are subscribing to what's out there, but I don't know if people can just strip all of that shit down and just take a look in the mirror and be like, this works for me. This doesn't. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling really happy here and I'm not feeling really happy here. Like, I just don't know that, especially people who were younger than, you know, 25, because I don't think they were raised that way. I don't think people have any idea how to stop all the noise and just sort of like take a look at what's going on. I think it's really hard. I think mm-hmm. people compare themselves to other people. I think people are surrounded by all of this, um, you know, need and want that is has nothing to do with them. And so how do they even start to figure that out? Right. Like I just it actually makes me sad. (laughs) It makes me feel sad for a lot of people because I think I don't think they know. I think a lot of people get married um, because that's what they're supposed to do. It looked good. It sounded good. He's a nice person. She's a great girl. Love the in-laws, you know, great mm-hmm. house. I have a good job. Do it for the brisket. Yeah, do yeah. it for the brisket. Which, by the way, it's is tender. a tall order, I would just like to say. Well, that's the good thing. I mean, you brag, you better be good at it. I, it's a good order to get right, though. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You get it right, it's a, I mean, it's a good sign. Yeah, it was great. like when we, um, when we went on a tour of our place that we purchased. Um, okay. okay, it's actually... So we go on this tour of the place after seeing a bunch of different places that were not checking off anywhere near the boxes that we needed. Um, that just so happened to be after our tour, an ice cream truck drives by the building. Okay, we walk out of the door. Ice cream truck drives by the building. And it goes down the street and Talia and I and the real estate agent and my brother was there and a friend of ours were there. Like we all saw the place at the same time. And we go, oh, he's turning around. Comes back. He's pulling into the building. Pulls into the building. The management's coming out. Management's coming out, walking towards the truck. She, she, she goes to us. She goes, oh, it's, it's free management ice cream day. Uh, would you like ice cream? I said, are you serious? She said, yeah, come on, come on. And we all go up the truck. We get free ice cream right after, right after the showing. And I turned to Talia. I said, Talia, this is like, this is if I don't know, like I don't work off of signs. Yeah, but if this is isn't a sign. a sign, I don't know what yeah. is. Okay. So that was really funny. That's and then good. we ended up with the place. But it, yeah, that was funny. Everybody loves the ice cream. I, I, just, oh. I just fantasized about Nelson doing a tap on the mic and be like, and by the way, let's pause this podcast. Uh, the ice cream truck's yeah, downstairs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no? Okay. No. Okay. Well, <laughs> Carrying on. Well, 
What's your go-to order at an ice cream truck? <laughs> oh, my go-to order is a vanilla ice cream, like cone, dipped in sprinkles. I oh. like oh. like drinking Prosecco or bubbly. I think it you can have a sprinkle cone and sprinkles all year round. <laughs> it's so uplifting and crunchy and colorful. Oh, yeah. and it just I would picture you smile. as a sprinkle cone am, kind of girl. I am a sprinkle I love girl. that. I'm straight up chocolate dip. I mean, you can't. Mm, chocolate dip, yeah. Like vanilla with a chocolate dip? Yeah. That's me too. Yeah. Uh, but I also don't really eat dairy. So if I'm going to have an ice cream from the ice cream truck, I am wilding. Well, I just <laughs> eat the chocolate around it, to be honest. Banana split. You're like, I want all of it. We <laughs> usually just eat the chocolate, a little bit of the top. Oh, and yeah. Out. Yeah. That's good yeah. enough. Do you find that, I mean, I just thought, I thought of this article I wrote years ago, like what people eat or their orders or whatever represents who they are. Mm-hmm. So, like, do you ever speak with people or clients and stuff and talk about, like, so why do you order this or why do you get this or... Oh, he ordered a Negroni on the date. Oh, he was feeling... Sagliato? Yeah. (laughs) With Prosecco in it. Yeah. Um, No, but you know, like, do you... We're so judgmental. I guess that's what I'm getting. I love that question. I'm getting at that. Like, we're just so judgmental of people. And like, how do you... How does that play out in like relationships and sex and dating? I love that question because I am a a muffin um, question person. So, first of all, muffin is like our word. So... Like it started because like we were, safe word. No, we were oh, like around I the campfire. I want to get into that too. What kind of muffin are you? And that's how it all started. And then, hopefully not a muffin, right? And then everybody, we, I would ask everybody what kind of muffin they are, and then it just became muffin. Like, but what do you I mean by that? Tattoo. That's literally I have a muffin tattoo. Oh, that's no, cute. Yeah. Or I have a pizza. Yeah. Oh, What's wow. That yeah. So then it was like my husband's of this muffin. She's of that muffin. And then the the baby when we had a baby, he was like muffin muffles. Or whatever. So actually, this year, I hope he doesn't ever watch this. He's going to kill me. <laughs> I uh, he had a girlfriend, and the phone's ringing, and I look at the phone. It says muffin on it. I was like, "What the fuck? You called your girlfriend muffin?" He's like, "It was a mistake. It slipped out one time, and she heard it." This is I'm your like, son. This is my son. I oh, I thought like, you meant your husband. No, my son. Oh my god, it was my son. And I was like, "You, you, dude, you need to wait for marriage. Like, you cannot call anybody muffin until they are legit oh in this family, right?" Wow. So That's muffins cute. like serious in our mm-hmm. family. Anyway, they broke up, and now he's really, really ashamed of the muffin choice. That oh, bad call. No. But yeah, muffin is a big. Yeah, one. he learned his lesson. Yeah. <laughs> We're so quick. I find we're so quick in society to judge people. And for the singles, I feel like in this world and realm of online dating and swipe, 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 and (laughs) there's always someone else available. People are so quick to judge. How do you find that people are getting in the way of themselves? Mm. Where is it good to trust your instincts and be judgmental? And when does it block people from seeking what they're looking for in their love life? I think you have to figure out right away, even if those sites are for you, like you have to be a certain type of person. You have to have thick skin and you have to figure out what are you looking for? Right. Because if you're looking for a relationship, if you're looking for quick sex, if you're looking for like just a fun date, then there's all of that out there. But to go online to an app where you're swiping is right away. I feel like you are losing the opportunity of that um one-on-one connection where you actually meet somebody. So the first date's so awkward and uncomfortable, but you get to know a lot about yourself and and other Mm, people that way. I love that. Right? Great perspective. Like right away. You're learning about yourself. So take the other person almost out of it. 
Like, how can you learn about anything by looking at a picture? Like you listen, if you want to have sex or meet someone up for a drink and you're OK, he's cute. He looks good. Right. But, but then you might see him and he like slurps his drink or he has this weird like his thing with this shoulder. Like you never know. And then you're out. Right. You like, don't want to see me and Casey out. <laughs> yeah, She's like pouring it, like missing her mouth. It's OK, we don't judge you for that. That's fun. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> do you drink your drinks through a straw? This is the question. I do. I mean, it depends what kind of cocktail it is. But normally, no, I'm not really, don't really drink. I'm, but doesn't that change with lipstick? Isn't oh, there a lipstick yeah. factor with that one? I've totally forgot about lipstick since the pandemic. Uh, oh. What's I'm pretty sure there's a lipstick factor with a straw. Yeah. 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 I, can't do, I can't do a straw. Uh, no, I don't do a like straw. people who put a straw through in it, their Diet Coke can. Oh. I can't. No. I mean, I don't, don't drink Coke out of a can. I only drink McDonald's Diet Coke. That's my favorite. That's the best. best. It's the best Diet Coke. It is. You want to know why? Because McDonald's, the reason, this is a total sidebar, but a fun fact is the reason McDonald's has the best Diet Coke is because the syrup that goes in the Diet Coke is also chilled and the the, um, soda is chilled and the lines are owned by Coca-Cola. So they get clean from Coca-Cola. It's not the McDonald's that takes care of it. So that's why McDonald's has the superior all, Diet Coke amazing. of all time. Second of all, why do you know that? <laughs> Third of all, these are the it types a of, lot of anecdotes listeners should be sharing on dates because it's a, I love a good forget-me-not. Yes. Yeah. It's good. It can't. I was, good. I think it came from, I mean, I watch a lot of Jeopardy and I'm like a trivia type person, but I don't know how I know that. I Maybe just it was on a YNR segment. <laughs> I, love I, am a, I love fun facts, you know? I think that's amazing. Um, Something we we were saying we were going to come back to safe words, safe words, <laughs> or other because things. you said muffin and Casey's like is that like, a safe yeah. word? Yeah, I mean, so I now think, we're spicing it up a little. Yeah, yeah. okay, safe okay. words. But I mean, also like, is there any kind of like the three of us are all in very different relationships? Nelson, Mary just has a new baby. I've been in a ten year relationship, not married, um, no kids. Well, John has a child, but it's not my child, and um. Jen is uh, single. Yeah. So very, very fresh. Yeah. Freshly single. Very fresh, Jen. Fresh. fresh off the. Like I would say a couple of weeks. Yeah. Wow. A couple oh, weeks. Oh, a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Gosh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It feels sure. interesting coming out of the lips. It's like the first time saying it out loud. Of course, Casey knows, yeah, and it's not, I'm not hiding it. I just haven't announced it and kind of, you know, doing what you do. As you sort of process what a relationship was, what you thought it was, what you want for yourself moving forward. I sort of picture like the eagle rising from the ashes. That's you. Um, I set out like a new background on my phone and I'm feeling for the first time in a long time, such a sense of release, Mm -hmm. relief and peace. Yeah. And also the excitement of like what's next. And it's not Who's next? It's yeah. not like almost also for the first time, you know, my whole life has been writing about dating and relationships and everyone knowing that I do that and, yeah. and whatever. And I just like, what's next? What's next with work stuff? What's next with my day? What's just these new beginnings? And there's something really exciting about yeah, that. Yeah, this oh, week, yeah. a hot new bombshell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is exciting. And I think also... It's like they're little building blocks. Like I, I, I don't think you lose what is taken or given to you in these relationships. So mm-hmm. you like, you know, if there's breakups or I, I do feel like a tiny little piece of your heart sort of gets taken away and doesn't necessarily grow back. But also what you learn about yourself 
kind of builds on to who you are as a human, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, I do feel that way. And some people will dis- disagree with me, and that's okay. But I think that you cannot underestimate the pain that comes from breakups that you um, weren't necessarily happy about, mm-hmm. even if you know that it might be the right thing, right? Um, that, that's ha- very hard and hurts in a way that doesn't necessarily fully heal, right? Mm-hmm. But what you can learn from that and what you can take from it, I think is where I hope people that are in the position like you are or starting to date or just getting divorced or really recognize that there's so much more time and the maturity that you come with into these new opportunities is so great, right? And so because of that, you have a chance to really succeed in a different way. So cool. I I, I know I'm doing sort of the math. It's almost been a month. And I said to Casey the other day, I'm like, is it weird? I haven't cried. I'm not angry. Like, it's almost like literally a weight off your shoulders. And I think that could be a good sign. And I'm not taking away. There has been sadness over like the past year of maybe thinking things aren't working out. And how much do you want to try? And I'm at an age where if I want children, I could still have children. So I don't want to, quote unquote, waste my time. Yeah. But what's so interesting, this is the first time in my life as someone and I'm in my like mid to late 30s. This is the first time in my life that I'm going through a breakup where I feel this is what was meant to happen. And I think that's why my friends are like, I I feel like this is why it's easy for Casey to bring up. If I was a hot mess, it'd be like, you're the Kleenex. (laughs) I'm like, oh, there's the Kleenex right there. You know, but I can talk about it because... There's also for the people that are listening, I think also holidays are coming up. People Mm. stay in relationships that aren't necessarily serving them. And Mm. you see the signs and you're so worried about the what if. But like, what if you could be at a family dinner, not looking at your phone or crying or scared of someone embarrassing you? Or not sitting beside someone that you're like, I fucking hate this person. I wish, but like your in-laws love them, but you stayed with them because it's like, we're new in Christmas. Mm -hmm. Nip it You're in the not bud. talking about yourself. No. That one. <laughs> no, 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 no. But it's so it's so interesting, and In-laws there's no. There. <laughs> and also, that's why I think I think a lot. I don't know about you, but for me, I get asked like, "How do you heal from a breakup? How do you move forward? What's the first step?" And I don't think there's a prescription for no. moving on because it's so different for everyone. Like to me, my eagle soaring is someone's like, I don't know if I could get through the past hour of my day. I'm on the floor. Pick me up. Like, what's going on? So. I don't want to make it sound like it's easier than it's not. And I think that's the beautiful thing about us all being so very different and so very complicated. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Different, complicated. I think one of the things that you, um, we had a quick chat uh, before we had this episode. One of the things that really stuck out to me was um, that you talked about, like um, we talked about sex, intimacy, different unique kinds of relationships, but I really liked how you said that, you know, the relationship with yourself is a really important one Mm -hmm. and that, you know, having I think one of the things that's unique about me, like I've always been Casey Stewart, um, you know, and like (laughs) being myself, I've always been a unique person. um, But being with Sean, he really allowed me to like blossom and be more of myself because he really supported me. He helped me when it came to content and getting partnerships and all kinds of things um, when we first started our relationship. But I think, you know, one of the things it's like sometimes people get in a relationship and they you have one two become one and you end up both end up losing half of a person. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, that relationship with yourself is really important. Yeah. And that's 
yes. I just need to like just say yes to what Ooh. you're saying. A hundred percent yes. Yeah. And it goes back to what we were saying at the very beginning when we were talking about the loss, right? That how how did things change and what happens and there's this loss. Mm. Well, that's exactly that example is that when two people come together, they there's so many people who feel like, okay, and now we're supposed to be this thing. And it's like, yes, that's one of the things you're supposed to be. But you're also supposed to be like <laughs> independent people yeah. who also happen to be partners, who also happen to be, let's say, friends or parents or children or all of these things. Like we have all of these roles. And so if you start taking away um, your own human independence and you as a person so you can give everything to this relationship, you're going to be so screwed when it comes time resentful resentful you might not Mm -hmm. even know about the resent like the resent the resentment at all because you may just wake up one day and all of a sudden you're like oh my god i'm not working or i don't have any kids anymore i haven't hung out with my friends in so long no one texts me anymore nothing and this Mm -hmm. and and you're lost in this sort Mm -hmm. of like relationship that may not be going so well right and then and then where are you in it and it's over and all of a sudden you're sitting there and you have no idea who you are what's going on so Those are the type of things that you want to nurture constantly. And hopefully what ends up happening is you have somebody who allows you to do that. So I'm also in this phenomenal boat of a partner who encourages my independence. Like like you're in the same boat. It's amazing. Everything about me that every other partner didn't like or wanted to change or made fun of, my husband thinks is like the best part of me, right? So, I Uh, mean, shout out to like the best husband in the world. So I love that. He's waiting in the car. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's in the back seat. With with the chocolate dipped ice cream. Yeah, Yeah, with a muffin. Yeah, Um, you're about to have a spicy moment in the parking garage. Yeah, you definitely (laughs) want a friend for me. A ticket. Yeah. I mean, he might the not be ticket. the best husband once he finds the out ticket. The ticket would be worth yeah. it. Are you kidding? I'll take a ticket. I might be in trouble. For a you know, we're laughing time. and I, I want to go back to something you just said. Yeah. The words that resonated with me were, it's something you have to nurture constantly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you were referring to being independent while still being in a mutual, respectful, loving relationship. How are some ways that the listeners can constantly continue to nurture. And again, I want to identify there are people that are in relationships, many more than go reported, more than people actually know, that are very controlling and they're gaslit and manipulated and being Mm -hmm. pushed away from their friends and they may not notice. So those toxic relationships aside, those healthy ones, but they just love love and they want to beat their partner all the time and this, this, and I don't need to go to girls. They have my man right here or my woman right here. So how can they continue to nurture themselves constantly? So if something were to happen, they don't lose themselves. And if, you know, their partner, they were to lose the partner or death happens or anything, life mm-hmm. happens. You know, we put so much weight on our relationships at the expense of ourselves. So how can we continue to nurture ourselves in those healthy relationships? Mm-hmm. Let's say that's a good codependent relationship. Yeah, let's say, I mean, I want to do acknowledge what you said, too, because, yes, there are definitely a lot of relationships where it may not be as possible and we don't even know that. Um mm-hmm. And so on in those situations, hopefully you can rely on some really good friendships who are, you know, supporting you. But I think they're um, going on vacations with your girlfriends, going out for dinner, um, separating yourself and being independent in small ways for sure from the very beginning. Um, I would say that uh, having outside interests, 
are really important that are separate from your relationship. So whether that's somebody who goes to the gym or likes to do um, Zumba classes or wine tasting or anything that's outside of what you would normally do with your partner. And then um, coming back to the relationship and talking about that too, right? Like mm, being independent yes. and and nurturing yourself doesn't mean that you then shut off that from where you're at, right? Like you can go and do all these amazing things and then come home and be like, oh, that was so fun, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, I, I know for sure if you are a parent that there are a lot of mothers out there who would never. I've been traveling since my kid was basically nothing. And a lot of people were like, what do you mean? Who's going to look after the kid? Which I think is the most insane thing I've ever heard. Yeah, a, they have that narrative. They have another parent. Like, I yeah. don't understand what's going <laughs> oh on. I mean, not to mention that I have in-laws. But anyway, um, and that's everything because I'm still like my own person. I still want to have fun. I still want to get dressed up. I still want to flirt. I still want to have a good time. Um, yes, we could talk about that. I still want to enjoy. Yes. Like, I'm still like a living creature that doesn't isn't just like chained to these like all of these I'm things. The you know? yeah. Thou shalt yeah. not leave the kitchen. Like, I'm chained to the child. I'm chained to the dog. I'm chained to my partner, my parents. Like, I don't want that. I want to I want to be like, I'm I'm kind of important, too, you know? And I love that. And that's healthy. I, I talk about often, I mean, we call it solo dates now. Mm-hmm. And people are like, so you mean you just go out by yourself? I'm like, yeah, but it's a cute term because it's yeah. empowering for people I to love say doing that. The same way we say hot that's girl fun. walks and stuff like that. Like you're not suddenly hotter. You're just walking. Like it makes, it makes you feel empowered to do it, do it. So solo dates and going out with yourself. For me, I've always been very independent like that, whether I'm in relationships or not. I go to concerts alone. I go sit in cafes. I'm a freelance writer. I'll sit in cafes and work. I'll sit in a bar with a book. Um, for the people listening, though, they, I feel like a lot of people, when they're in a relationship, they genuinely, we see it in the movies, we see it in pop culture, and they genuinely, they don't want to be going on the vacation with their friends. They'd rather be on yeah. the couch, Netflix things, That's streaming right. shows with their partner. How would you encourage them? I know that you, Casey, myself, not sure about Tal. Uh, no, but she's she lets you be so independent, too. It's like, for the others that aren't us four perfect humans, <laughs> um, you know, for the others, they may they're like, but guys, I want to stay at home with my partner. Right. I don't I don't need to go out with my friends. Like, why do I need to go to on that vacation, spend money? Why do I need to go to a bar and get dressed up like they like me how I am and my sweatpants and my top knot? What would you want them to like realize to get out of that mindset, which could be dangerous down the line? I think they're separating from themselves. I, I think the mm-hmm. first thing to say about that is that recognizing for some people that is okay and yeah, that is fun. comfortable to them and that they're very happy doing that and it works for them. And not everybody needs the sense of independence to continue to have a healthy relationship. Um, so I think that there are people out there. I do. I want to say that. For other people, I think there's little reminders putting notes on your message board in your office, like don't forget to take care of yourself or um, planning like you would a hair appointment where you, I would say to somebody, you know what, for the next month, I want you to plan every single week one activity, whether it's you bring a book to the coffee or you do this. Those would be the things I would, you know, ask somebody to do. Just do a little planning in advance, right? and small or big, like not everybody's going on a vacation with their girlfriends, right? I, I can tell you right now, I have a girlfriend who's like, that's never happening. That's her worst nightmare. She's yeah. no interest in doing that. 
Um, but it maybe work is a place where they do that, where they um, have people outside of work that they would be willing to go and have lunch with or have a drink with, where they're still feeling like they're independent, you know? How often do you find that people's relationships mimic their parents? Mm. Mm -hmm. Well, I think Mm. that's a That's what Casey was going to say. She just forgot. (laughs) I wish I was so alive. That gave me shivers. That's good now. Thank you. I think in some cases, it's the extremes. So there's the people out there who say, I want to make sure that I have a relationship that is nothing like the relationship my parents had. And then the other, which is I loved the relationship my parents had. And I feel very comfortable following, you know, in their in their footsteps. Is that you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Oh, for sure. My parents have a great, great relationship that they worked real hard for. Um, And I love that. I think that you cannot spend 50 years together and um, not work for it. Mm -hmm. Like it's not just going to come naturally. Mm -hmm. Times, you know, times change along the way. So I do what I think is more natural and more. um, I think what is happening more is that we become our parents. (laughs) Like, you know, (laughs) you can do not on how much on other people like. I can, uh, my husband does something or talks or like, I can smell his mother or I can, and I don't want to be rude and be like, okay, and like call out her name. But it's like, you know, and he, he says the same thing that he can like see, like I'll do something or I'll behave in a certain way. And it's, he's very close to my parents. And he, he's like, that is so something your dad would do. Oh, Sean does that too. He's like, okay, Judy. Right. And I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. 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 Yeah, My mom's Judy, but it's my mom kids. She's very cool. But my mom's very sometimes like, Mm, like neurotic uptight a little bit and I um I like to I like things to go a certain way I like to plan I like to be very organized sometimes when they don't go my way I kind of lose my shit <laughs> good for um, Sean with that one yeah um but he says and Judy or sometimes I make a really funny joke and, like my dad's very funny and he'd be like well Lloyd's coming out you know because <laughs> it's like I'm very much like them they're like parental alter egos yeah multiple personalities. (laughs) I think it's our chance to make um, change for what may not have worked because I think we do pay attention to that as, you know, we're we're growing up and recognize. I know for my husband, it wasn't something that he gave much um, thought to when I asked a lot of those questions about how he was raised and how did he feel about that and what were his uh, emotions behind it. He didn't have any <laughs> he was like i don't know they're great parents they're perfectly yeah. fine you know they're still together your husband your husband's parents? oh yeah i mean but if yeah. you're oh, wow. if you're facilitate if you're working with a couple and one of them their parents got divorced before they even can remember and they've never seen a healthy relationship how does that change the person and is that a more difficult person to um, to get on the right path and see that relationship flourish? Well, it depends on who you, you ask. Certain therapists and psychotherapists will talk about family of origin, right? Which is really everything that's ever happened to us before the age of like, you know, seven, let's say. So everything oh, I that... I learned about this yesterday. Yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah. Really? Okay. So, on a yeah. podcast. so family of okay. origin is really about all the things that happened to you as a little person. Right. And so a lot of times people will go back in during therapy into talking to, relating to, recognizing um, that younger version of themselves and sort of discussing what happened and encouraging and supporting that younger version of themselves. So for some people, yes, that's going to really screw them up. It's going to 
cause a lot of conflict in. Yeah, because um, they never saw an example. They didn't know. Like they I think of some different. of my friends, and they've um, gotten divorced before their kids are five. It's like, I mean, you've never really um, your child's never seen a, a relationship, mm-hmm. and I, I can't imagine. You know, I. If you if your parents get divorced before you're five, it's a lot different than if your parents get divorced when you're like 13 or 14, because at least you've seen unless it's an unhealthy relationship well, that you're watching. That's the thing. If you're because really if you're watching kid, an unhealthy relationship, right. that's probably a negative too. That's right. But um, a glimmer of seeing a healthy relationship, I think, is a heck of a good thing. Like I think that, and and I know that you know some. It depends who you are. It depends who you're. I'm going to go general with this. If you're a child and you see a healthy relationship, that's better than if you're a child that's seeing an unhealthy relationship or no relationship, I would say. It depends on how young the kid is, too, because if they're really young and they haven't seen their parents ever together, then they don't really know any different. Yeah, they don't know. Yeah, but that's the the thing is you never learn from what a healthy relationship is. But that's okay because you have whose relationships do you see in other ways? I mean, not really. Yeah, in my of course. Case. Who do you see? Who? Well, what what see, relationship well, you do you see? Or maybe you see the relationship your partner has with their new partner. Because in my case, yes. Sean has a daughter and has never, they split up when she was one. But Sean and I have been together for 10 years since his daughter was three. So I've been in her life as long as she can remember. Yeah. And we have a good relationship. Yeah. So she, it's not the act, the parents' parents. Yeah. But a parental, I mean, I not I'm, have been sort of parental figure-ish. Um, but that that's a pretty good relationship. I would think it's a different relationship. Yeah, though. but it's not different the parent because I've I've dated somebody with two kids, and um, that's it's a different relationship. Same, right. It's not the same. Yeah, I will say um, I don't want to jump in or speak on your behalf, but my parents were together. They were high school sweethearts and together until my mom passed away um, when she was quite young, and. Um, but she was a huge soap opera watcher. Like she watched them all, like okay, so five a day. This is how I could. The characters I would watch when my mom was at home and she passed when I was 17. Oh, I'm um, sorry to hear I that, could Jen. Still, I didn't know that. Yeah, but I could still talk to Casey about the plot lines from watching when I was growing up. Still back <laughs> no then, change. I'll be like, how's how's Victor? How's Nikki? Is Dada still working in they Abbott Industries? Changed. They have not changed. No. Still, but I still watch Young and the Restless when, every day. You know, my, it was, my mom was a housewife. Like, she was always at home watching her soap operas. There's five a day. If she missed one, she would tape it, you know, and... When I was homesick from school, which seemed to be all the time, because when your mom's a housewife and you have tons of Barbies and like she has like really cool soap operas on in the background, you want to be at home with your mom all the time. So I'm glad I did that. But I learned about dating and relationships and had all these. I mean, I don't want to say that explains a lot. Soap operas, (laughs) but watching that, having teenage siblings, watching when I was a lot younger, my siblings are older than me, watching 90210 and Melrose Place and seeing things. I think kids are also taking in these days seeing relationships play out on TikToks, in music and things like that. So I think, yes, your Pop parents culture. have an influence, but there's so many other things. I totally now. agree. Now. Yeah, I do too. I like think so. Adele, Adele comes out with, I mean, we had the Grammy announce or no, not yeah, Grammy announcements mm-hmm. the other day. Adele's um, whole album about divorce and leaving and feeling empowered and not being right, being like nominated as top album and top song and all this that's so empowering for so many people. 
who maybe are seeing their parents struggling in relationships and maybe staying with it not working. Yeah, totally. Also, um, Taylor Swift, Midnight's, hello. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but, uh, but are people pulling the ripcord earlier these days than they would have in the past? Oh, yeah. Look at I. It's like, I don't even understand it. This is what I was saying about the parents. Like, should my in-laws be together? Probably not. You know, I mean, no. Should my parents be together? I don't know. I mean, should they be together? They really love each other and they've worked really hard. So, yes, for them, I would probably say yes. But the, I would say 35 to 40, it's nonstop divorce after divorce after divorce. Yeah, true. It's like it was a little hard. It didn't work out wrong. But I don't think that those, uh, I mean, I'm generalizing. I don't think a lot of that generation married for the right reasons to begin with. Yeah, there, a lot of these people and, and the, the, um, the couple that I was citing when I was thinking of the the young kids, they never should have been married. Right. Um, but, <laughs> you know, once you're in it and you have kids, I feel like you got to be, a, these modern couples have to be a little bit more sensitive to pulling that ripcord. Like the, I, I, I see yeah, people who, I think I see people that need really to work, hard. they need to double down, work yeah, hard. Really hard. Like um, you need to exhaust every single option. Right. You need to try everything that you can mm -hmm. to know for to call sure. you and work on your relationship. Right. Yeah, work on your relationship, so, work on yourself. Like you you have to and not for the kids. It's not for the kids. It's because this at one point was important enough for you to marry this person. Well, it's for you the family unit. Married. Yeah, but it's for the family unit. It, it can't be for the family unit. Why? Because if it's for the family unit, then those kids grow up and then what? What do you have left? No, but what I'm saying Empty. is, um, no, what I'm saying is um, at some point you get to a checkpoint where at least you've done enough work together that you've gotten past the hump of the children seeing a healthy relationship and are conscious of seeing a healthy relationship. And then at least, you know, when they're into their teens, they can understand you're getting divorced and you want to get divorced. Yeah. But it's like, it's tough to expect somebody as a child to understand what a healthy relationship is like if they've never seen it. I think it's probably easier for a kid to have a parent separate when they're younger than it is when they're older. Mm -hmm. I think even though your brain understands it, it becomes so much easier to be normal at mm -hmm. school. There's mummies and daddies and two mummies and one daddy and one no. Like, it's so normal now that people should be like that. And and for the majority of people, actually, that I know who are now in round two, married or not, it's a whole different ballgame. Like, they're so happy and their kids are watching them live in these beautiful relationships. And like you were saying, you know, Sean's daughter gets to see him happy yeah. in a good relationship that's working, right? So is it her mom not necessarily the right person for him, that's okay. Yeah, it's fine. Right? Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Right. And then she also gets the, I think, with Emily. Uh, am I allowed to say her name? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, she also gets to see her mom in a great relationship right. and move forward. Her mom recently got married. And I think that's so healthy, mm -hmm. too. Whether it makes an impact on her, who knows? We, we never know the brains of teens. But I think that that's... Mm -hmm. You know, you're now seeing it on both sides and how yeah. people choose to move forward after something wasn't working out. You know what? Something I'd like to touch on that you mentioned very briefly. You said, oh, I'm going to go on vacation. I'd like to flirt. But what? how can you flirt? You have a husband. Yes. I think you and you, 
everyone in the room knows my stance on this. It's fine. But I mean, a lot of people are like, and every listener, you can't flirt if you have a husband or wife. Like, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, you can. Yeah. yeah, As long as you're not crossing the line or unless you talk about it. Nell are so traditional. Yeah. Well, but you know what? Whether you like it or not, um, someone's going to be flirting with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I mean, you're not dead just because you're married. So (laughs) I think or in a relationship, you know, or just because you're in a relationship. And I also feel like this is like a whole one of my favorite conversations, actually. I don't believe it's normal to be monogamous. I don't believe that it's natural for human beings to be with one person for their entire lives, sexual or not. That's my personal opinion. I feel strongly about it. I think it's a choice we make. It's a choice we make to be with one person. It's a choice we make to to be faithful. And so to spend, hopefully, your whole life with one person and be like, yay, my 20-year-old self, my 30-year-old self, my 7-year-old self, oh, we're into this. Like, (laughs) that's not going to happen. So when you get to go out and just flirt and look nice and somebody is, is paying attention to you, that feels really good. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. There are ways that that can become uncomfortable. People who take it to the next level, people who've never had that conversation with their partners. Um, would you do the same thing in front of your partner? There is no behavior that I would do outside my relationship that I wouldn't do with my husband knowing. Oh, I'm the same. I'm the same as you. Put that on a mug. That is so (laughs) important. Like this second, you need to be like, oh, if they found out, if someone recorded this on like their Instagram stories, if my partner found out, that's the moment you need to take a look and be like, maybe this isn't the relationship with me or maybe I should smarten up because it is a decision. I love that. Yeah. I almost want you to repeat it, but you could just rewind. (laughs) Yeah. No, I will repeat it because I think it's important that there is no behavior that I'm going to do or that you should be doing that you're that you're not comfortable with or that you are comfortable with that you haven't discussed with your partner that you can't do in front of your partner that you, you know, as an example, I'm going away with my girlfriend for the weekend. We're going to New York. We're going somewhere. And I was like, oh, we're going to go here. We're going to do this. And she's like, we'll bring cash. And I almost oh, had a male strip club. Right? And I was like, oh, I went way different right? than that. I'm like, so an escort? <laughs> Either Is way, okay? she's bringing cash. So of course, there the first thing I at a strip club in 2022, Casey. Right. Um, and it might not be a male strip club. But anyway, a the very first thing too. I did was I told my husband I was like dying I'm like this is so funny guess what she said blah 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 blah. he's like it's okay maybe you can just pay with the card I'm like obviously I'm not but how are you gonna put the card in the underwear <laughs> right well maybe they have a tap maybe that's not where I'm going yeah maybe that's not where I'm going anyway well, the it is, it point like is that it's that it's that idea it's that or I can you know like we we would even with my kids in the car we were driving down the road and there was this very, very attractive guy who was running with like a beard and a situation. Like the whole thing was happening. He's running down the hill and I was like, oh my God, daddy number two. Okay. <laughs> anyway, they, my kids were, my older daughter was dying. She thought that was so funny. My youngest, daddy, my poor little, little daddy. daughter was like, you know, daddy's really good to you and I feel like you should honor him. And Such a younger, really, right? And I was really cute. I had to explain to her that I was just kidding. But then when I got home, I was like, oh my God, I found daddy number two. He was so hot. Like I told my husband all about it because 
It's not real. I'm not stopping the car. I'm not marrying <laughs> daddy number two. Push over the another car seat. He's getting in the <laughs> another back. Another great mug. Daddy I, number two. Yeah, I'm not, you know, I mean, listen, I would strike up a conversation. He, Nelson's, you know, Nelson's like, Nelson's never again. this whole thing. I feel like this is why we never have relationship columnists, experts, facilitators no, because on. because <laughs> I understand that not everybody believes that. And that's why there's such an important conversation that needs to ha- this you know what actually it's a great example of why they're you them have to sensing talk. me cringing um is more in regards to the kids hearing it mm-hmm. than right. my wife hearing it right i i don't mind first of all i think that if you're dating a girl that no one's flirting with i mean who are you dating right okay so so i'm i'm all i don't mind flirting and and that's fine with me and i I agree with the fly on the wall like i don't do anything that i would not be happy with my wife being either there sitting beside me or or in the room but i'm you know it's more a cringe as it relates to kids than it is to my my spouse yeah and i get that and there's the opposite of that too where i've had to have the conversation a serious conversation with my kids that i hope i'm not um because i'm so in love with my husband yeah and they you have the confidence that, to do because you've been married 22 years and also that there's nobody <laughs> so more like, important to me do as i them. do not as i say yeah yeah so no, you've got know. the track record with they it. know like it's a it's a thing in the house if we had a list of who's the most important in the family like my husband's number one like a hundred percent. My husband mm-hmm. is number one. My kids are are definitely second. And they know that. Right. Yeah, and so I've important. had to have that conversation with them before that. I hope I'm not giving them a complex that in life they have to find this perfect love because my husband and I are so into each other. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of pressure that that they're sort of watching growing up. So I hope you don't they don't feel that way. So on one hand, yes, I'm joking about daddy number two who deserved the title, <laughs> but also um I mean, they know how in love with my husband, like they yeah. know it. Like yeah, I love know. him so much. So I'm allowed to joke and I'm your very Your kids playful. are older though, right? How old are your kids? 11. Oh, they're older. Yeah. And, and 19. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's not yeah. like this. You've got be... a 19 year old. But I do. Wow. Wow. Why the hair is great. Wow. I couldn't tell. No, he's Okay. Fabulous. So I, I'm, I'm cringing thinking your kids are a lot younger. Yeah, like five years old might be a little different than versus someone who's Yeah, your kids are older. Yeah, I mean, I would probably be a little playful then, too, because it's just my personality. Yeah. Right. And they and they get it and they and they see all sides of it. Like, so it's okay. It's it's good to, you know. So one of the things you've studied is choice theory. Yes. What is that? So choice theory, reality therapy. It's um. Oh, that's a combo. It's a combo. Oh, oh wow! I thought it was just the sandwich. Choice, no. <laughs> choice theory, reality therapy. Yes. Wow. So choice theory is based on um, basic needs. Okay. I'll cut it to make it really simple, and then reality therapy is um, basically talking about how to get those needs. How are how do they how are oh. they met? So you okay. think about it like a car, like in order to drive the car, you need your four wheels and your steering wheel. Yes. And then um, reality therapy is just engaging in uh, the conversation about how to make sure that those needs are met. Okay. So um, the first step to that is understanding what you need. Yeah. But, you know, for some people, they'll know what they need. But a lot of people, there'll be a chasm between themselves and even understanding what they need. How do you fill that? How do you cross that chasm? Lists, questionnaires, uh, books, studies. So will you ever work with individuals who are single? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So you'll work with somebody who's single, who's like, you know, like (laughs) Lara, 
I've crashed and burned. Yeah. Okay. I got to, you know, set myself up for success. Um, How do I do that? And you'll dive into yeah. understanding, making sure they understand actually what they need. Well, I would facilitate. Facilitate. Oh, the conversation. Right. So that they would figure out. Right. What it is that they need. So it's like, I'm going to kind of like. Yes. Like you're like a diuretic. <laughs> Yes, it's a lovely <laughs> something like that. Yeah, yeah. It brings it back to our episode with Coach Carrie, Someone, where it's not not necessarily about giving advice, but it's knowing how to ask the right questions right. that prompts them to to look within themselves to say, "Why do I think that way?" or "Why do I feel that way?" or "How can I get through this?" Because you prompt them with the correct questions that makes them go introspective and think why they feel that way. Yeah, and for some people, they were never raised to do that like people yeah. weren't raised to ask questions or people weren't raised to communicate or people weren't raised to do um anything but what they're supposed to do so it's mm. like i've been doing this and and this is the way it's supposed to be and so they don't know any different and then all of a sudden you have to figure out okay well what am i going to do to change that because that's not working for me mm-hmm. you know what do, what do i need you know that whole saying which i love which is i know exactly what i want because i know what i don't want mm. um but it's true Right. So let's say a couple's been together for three years. Yes. They come to you. Yes. They say, you know what? We want to get married. Yes. What Don't do, do they have to express? <laughs> what do they have to express to you to make you say, to get your blessing that you feel it's going to be a successful marriage? I would be able to tell right away, first of all, how they're sitting on the couch. Oh, <laughs> I have some photos to show you and some videos Analyze. on my phone because, yeah, you body language is huge. Totally. And you like, can tell right away. Like, what's the biggest? I wish I could. Should I pull up my phone? <laughs> I, I like, will what's say. What's the biggest, like. Oh, this is not going to work. One of my things is always I want people to sit a little closer together on the couch. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I had this conversation with somebody who because if you don't, um, there are some people whose love language is not touch. Mm -hmm. And in fact, they do not want you sitting close to them on the couch. They would prefer it if you weren't even on their couch. Get your own chair. Yeah, get your own chair. And so that is like, okay, so how do you, sorry not to answer your question, but how do you figure that out, right? But right away, if somebody comes in, they want to get married, be like, okay, you can tell, like, what do they look like? How are they relating to each other? How are they talking? What do they want? How do they look at each other? Like this, there's this thing that happens that you can see in, you know, I use this term, like you can smell, you can smell it. Like Mm. you can see the way people look at each other and the way, like if none of that's happening to begin with, like in any way, um, and it doesn't have to be gooey and, and lovey dovey, you know, some people are very like pearl wearing and like straight and a little stuffy, but there's still like this thing that happens between people. Um, and if that's not happening, it's like, there's some questions you might want to ask yourself, like, what is it that you want to get married for? Like, what's wrong with your relationship right now? Nothing. <laughs> right? Like, because what, why? You don't, what do you, I, I didn't care about getting married. I was very clear. I was like, I don't need diamonds. I don't need a wedding. I just want you to tell me 
that it's you and me forever and I want babies. Other than that, I'm good to go. And then my mom was like, don't say that. You want diamonds. How could you say that? I was like, I didn't realize until I was in my 50s, you need diamonds, right? Right. Um, Yeah, I didn't didn't want to get married either. There's something about somebody looking at you and saying, it's you and me forever. And that was it. That was good enough for me. Yeah. For sure. Casey. It's you and me forever. <laughs> and it can be. that That's a really no, good thing. like we're being serious. <laughs> it can be, though. Like, that's what we were talking before. Like, if it's not in-laws, like, some people surround themselves with this really um, supportive friend circle mm-hmm. that become your family. And so for a lot of people, they get that outside of their relationship. So for somebody who's with a partner who doesn't want you sitting on the couch because love language is not their situation, mm-hmm. um, you can reach that and get that from other people, from your friendships who do want to connect with you physically and hug and and sit close. So sometimes you're not, you can't expect that you're going to get everything from one relationship. Yeah. That's just, I don't see that as being totally possible, right? Mm-hmm. Some people are lucky and you do. As time changes, you you get a lot of what you want. Um, or at least think that you're getting what it is that you want. Um, but sometimes you have to kind of like pick from the outside. Mm-hmm. Really, you make a combo. I feel like I have a combo. You know, she, I grew up in a very loving family. My mom was worked was at home with me up until I was 16 when my parents got divorced. And my mom was always like hug, very much like a hug, hugging person. You know, she always she just gives the best hugs. But I mean, Sean didn't grow up in a family that was very affectionate like that. And I find I've had to work at being like, I need a hug, you know, because like I've had to like push more for that or like, Mm -hmm. oh, snuggle me, you know, and Mm -hmm. I feel like he's not used to that. But I mean, or or the the intimate emotional conversations like I have my life feels fulfilled because I have picked the people that surround me where maybe if that's it's not a downfall of my relationship. But if there's something that I need that fulfills me, something that I personally need. It comes from somewhere in my circle, mm-hmm. and that makes me feel fulfilled. Mm-hmm. I give my fair share of hugs around here. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I, I feel like that makes me feel good when I hear mm. you say that. Like, I feel like that's such a, um, oh, it just, I feel so good. Like, you need, you you can't, you cannot sit at home on the couch and not have anything outside of your relationship mm-hmm. that's going to give you something. Mm-hmm. So if you're out there and you have little things that you're getting from other people that are filling you up, um, then you're not putting so much pressure when you get home on this relationship that's supposed to be something that it can't ever be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, that's like one of the things you said earlier that I remember when I forgot what I was going to say was, you know, the joy, like if you have a partner at home, but then getting, you know, getting dressed up and going out and doing something fun, but then coming home and telling your partner, like, you know, saying, oh my God, this was so fun. Like this songs came on or for me, it's like I rapped to all my favorite hip hop songs from 1996. Like, you know, doing those fun things. While dancing. Yeah, while <laughs> dancing. Um, But going home, because like, you know, my partner doesn't really like to go out as much, but like I love to go out as everyone else everyone um but i mean it's like you know it's like i come home and i i will talk about those experiences and how fun it was for me and it's like that is kind of like something we can bond on even though that's not for them but it's like sometimes just the joy of getting you know dolled up and hitting the town is like such a good feeling Mm -hmm. for sure i think the like last thing here i mean we've had such a full conversation and i love how like I don't know if you guys feel the energy in the room. It's just so deep and open and loving. So thank you for that energy and your insight. 
Um, you started this episode by saying people tend to come to you, and I, I would argue people tend to come to themselves when going through a loss of some sort, whether it's their loss of self, a relationship, um, a death, a pet, anything, just a loss of something. It could be a loss. Someone could go sober and stop. You know what I mean? Like there's all these losses. That's when people come to themselves. For the person starting anew again, in those first few days or moments with that sort of terror or awareness, how would you want them to be gentle with themselves? That's a really good question. I would go back to, I love my list. I love when people write things down. So it's not necessarily a journal or the, the meditation books that are very popular. It could be like any of those. Even when we were in school, remember, you'd make that bubble and then like do all the things. A mind map? Yeah, a mind map. I love I love that. Um, nice ding. Um, <laughs> good work. Uh, I love stuff like that. That would be the first thing I would probably get somebody to do is just kind of like, where are you right now? Because this thing that's right here that may be so full and so big to you at the moment is just right this little thing. So doing a mind map, it's like, hold on a second. There's like you as this big person and now there's all these things around you where you need to spend your time focusing. And this will heal itself because of all of these things that are happening. A mind map on what, though? What are you filling this So you would with? fill in yourself and you would kind of say, like, okay, talk about Needs? your friendships. Talk about the things that are in your life, the things that you're doing, the things that you're achieving, the things that you like, the things that are working for you. Like, it would be like this. If you were to put together a picture album of, like, the best of the best going on in your life, what does that picture album look like? And mm -hmm. your heart hurting, being broken, or the loss of your job, or whatever it is that you're happening, that picture's not in there. It doesn't belong in there. It doesn't have any room to be in what, there. What right if now. that picture album is uh, times with your ex? <laughs> yes. Okay. Burn it. Yeah. Well, we are, yeah. We're gonna have a burning party. Oh. Yeah. We're gonna have a burning party. You get one. You get no, one. No. Now, great question. Also. How like attuned of you for someone who is in a beautiful marriage and has a baby like that's true. A lot yeah. of people like what they replay and they replay and they replay and well, and they may be that person who is, you know, Jen was saying is that person who just spent the last three years, five years, 10 years, one month um, doing everything. They work with this person. They have dinner with this person. They socialize everything that they do in their life is so that mind map, you're right, has that person in it. And it's like, all right, so now we need to start building a new mind yeah. map. It sounds yeah. like that person needs to call you. Yeah. Yeah. Y There's some know. homework. We got some homework to do. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll let you know um, how you can find Lara. Yeah. Because she sounds like she's going to solve a lot of your problems. If a lot if of the relationships. If you're looking at a blank page you, trying to scrape them. out a mind map, uh, <laughs> then you can give Lara a call. Looks ready, folks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lara, it's been awesome. Thank you for uh, coming Thank on. You. And uh, Jen, phenomenal co host. Come back anytime. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Wait, I have to leave? You no. got it. <laughs> Good question. Yeah. yeah. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in to this relationships episode with Jen and Lara. Connect with Lara at LaraThomas.com. That's L-A-I-R-A Thomas.com. And follow Jen on Instagram at Jen underscore Kirsch. Watch Cast of Creators on YouTube, listen on your favorite podcast platform, or visit CastofCreators.com. 
and don't forget to subscribe.